This podcast is brought to you by our friends at the Nexus Recruitment Group, official Bristol City Football Club short sponsors. There is a company or brand within the group that can assist all recruitment needs across any industry to suit any budget. Head over to nexus-resources.k.uk or 3people.k.uk for more information. Hello and welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. My name is Patch, a sucker punch equaliser from Blackpool, dampens City's fan spirits. Most were already damp enough, to be fair, from the monsoon prior to kickoff, but uh, always a sucker punch. Um, just a quick bit of admin before we get into today's show. Uh, this week's been quite busy on the podcast. We had a bonus show where we interviewed Mark Kelly, the MD of Ashton Gate, and also Alex Ball, who's been seconded into the first team coaching staff in Paul Simpson's absence. So if you haven't checked that out already, please do. Uh, Robin's reunited as well. Uh, Lee Matthews and Lee Peacock. It was really good to, to recap and reminisce on their time at Bristol City. Um, and the regular show as well with Dave Barton, who is the uh, head of media, head of comms at Bristol City. We walked through his career he's been in comms for 30 years so i've inventively called that one typewriter to tiktok um, and that will become clear when you listen to that one so three shows to <laughs> listen to. thank you matt um so the format of this show for anyone who hasn't listened before is uh we look at the starting lineup we look at the minutes which was a phrase coined by adam goal thank you to adam for that uh the ratings which matt's going to walk us through later and also our thoughts on the next game but we're we're here First game of the season, Matt is with me. Matt, before we talk about the football, how is it being back in the ground and being reunited with all of your chums? Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. I mean, the massive positive for me today. Um, and not not everybody was there. Um, you know, a, a few people that sit in and around us for various reasons um, didn't come down, you know, a couple going on holiday, didn't want to run the risk of, you know, getting it and not going. But it was it was brilliant and it was great to have the atmosphere back, stood in the concourse, having a, a, a beer or two, um, and it just felt normal, didn't it? Um, rightly or wrongly, I mean, I, you know, I, I feel perfectly safe and stuff, but yeah, it felt it felt normal. So that's the massive, massive positive for me. It's uh, it's been too long, and yeah, it was great to be back down there with with my chums, as you say. Matt Withers and Chums. That's a new chums, <laughs> new yeah, show yeah. coming soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've got a guest today, Del Bussey. Uh, Del, how are you? And your thoughts on the tribute to Terry Cooper, please. Yeah, great. Thanks for having me on, first of all, Patch. Um, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it was a really, really good tribute for Terry. Um, he was obviously the first manager that I was uh, that I saw at Bristol City. I was 13 years old when I first went down. Uh, it was the year they went out from the old fourth division, actually. And um, yeah, I thought it was a great tribute to get the old players onto the middle of the pitch as well um, was great. And then obviously the minute minute of applause um, and up on the screen, you know, with this uh, picture on the screen. And then, you know, really nice to hear that, you know, there's only one Terry Cooper going around the ground as well, which is great. You know, you just hope as well that, you know, uh, they do, the club do something fitting for Terry in his, in his, uh, in his memory because he was, uh, <laughs> I know it's been said a thousand times, but really we would be where we are today without Terry Cooper. But that was great. And just to echo what Matt said, really, in the concourse, you know, I sit in the safe stand and the, the atmosphere before, the, you know, about half past two, I haven't seen it like that for a long, long time. They were singing in the concourse mm. uh, nonstop. And the atmosphere, um, you know, it was absolutely buzzing. 
Um, it was like you you were in a cup final, you know. It was uh, waiting. It was that good. Uh, and I bumped in Rob Skeets, who obviously you know you guys know, and he he yeah. said the same as well. He hasn't seen it like that for for quite a few years before kickoff. And I thought the crowd. It wasn't just the singing sets. I thought the whole crowd got behind the team today, which was great. So yeah. I, yeah, I, I continues. Yep. Um, yeah, and you know, with that concourse comment as well, uh, I mean, the monsoon, as I, as I alluded to earlier, probably probably aided that that atmosphere in the uh, concourse, Matt. Yeah, because it, it it literally emptied the heavens, <laughs> emptied, didn't they? So I think everybody then came in, but um, and I suppose you know you're then inside, in as I say, very few were, were wearing masks, but it 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 felt, as I say, it felt normal, and so. Um, yeah, def- definitely that contributed to it, but it, it was great. And and Dell said it; the, the atmosphere was tremendous. You know, singing in, um, and that was before the game. And then, and what I was pleased about is lots of fans did come out to be in their seats for the Terry Cooper tribute. Um, mm. And we we were very critical, Patch, of the 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 hundred twenty five year celebrations, weren't we? The way it was done, and um, you know, we, we've got a go the other way and say hats off to the club they, they got it spot on it would have been great if there had been a few more of the probably the the Wembley team there but obviously you know you reach out to people with people have moved different areas and travel's not not so easy at the moment so I, I thought the club did really really well so hats off to to Dave Barton and the rest of the team that, that you know and, and obviously John and Steve um, yeah I think I think more were invited, but as you say, you know, holiday yes. commitments, late notice, completely. also COVID concerns for some of yeah, them. Yeah, completely. Um, but yeah, I echo that completely. Uh, was was great. That for, that that five ten minutes from from ten to three to the players coming out was all bang 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 bang, and the, everyone was really up for it. Um, and yeah, we I don't think as fans we could have done any more um, yeah. either. Right, so let's get to the starting lineup. I actually predicted the starting lineup for once and got it spot on, which I'm not, you know, not going to shy away from. Um, so Bentley, Viner, Baker, Atkinson, De Silva, King and James, Wyman, Scott and Bell, and then Martin up top. Um, for you, Dell, was that how you would have lined? Well, not how you would have lined up, but was there any shocks for you? Um, I was surprised that Scott got the nod really over Casey Palmer, because I thought Palmer might have just started just, Purely on, on experience rather than than uh, than, than Alex Scott. Um, the rest of the side I, I predicted was going to start really because obviously same type side that started against Plymouth and then Villa, um, and he's gone with his four two three one. Um, so not really any surprises uh, really. Um, but as you allude on when you come on to, I would I would have probably started Wales to be honest with you. Um, purely on on just to stretch them in behind. So that was the only thing I was a little bit disappointed at really. So. I would. I was hoping he was going to go four four two, but you know. Yeah, I mean that is as I say. That's what I I, I predicted. What I actually wanted was slightly yeah. different um, because uh, I'm not personally still not a fan of that formation. I I'd prefer with with, with the personnel available, um, uh, probably a three five two with Baker, Callas, and Atkinson, De Silva, Viner on the wing backs. Probably Williams, James, and Vyman for me, or maybe interchanging with Scott, and then Wells and Martin up front. I have to, for me, it's got to be a two up front. Um, and obviously, you know, we'll see how this formation pans out over the next few few weeks. But uh, Matt, your thoughts on a the lineup and b how you would line up? Wasn't surprised. <clears throat> I think there was the the only slight um, concern was I think. Um, Calamo died a, a potentially had a bit of a knock, and that was you know we're, we're going to talk about the game. Um, 
I understand what Dale's saying. Having been at the, the Villa game last week, I, I genuinely, I'd, I'd be two-faced if I didn't say it. I, I thought Scott's performance talked himself into probably starting. Um, so I can absolutely understand why he did that. I agree with you on, on Naki Wells. I mean, Chris Martin, there's no doubt, is a, is a fitter Chris Martin than we had last season. Um, and Andy Weinman will, will run all day for you. I just feel as though... When the ball gets played in, we, we we're not because we we haven't got the width in the team. You are going to be playing the ball through the middle. Matty James can spot a pass and and will put that ball across the top, unless you've got Vyman running at it at pace. Chris Martin's not going to do that. And I'm, I'm not I'm not in any way dissing Chris Martin, but there's one point in the second half where he's in a foot race with Richard Keogh. Now Richard Keogh's getting on a bit. He's had a terrible terrible injury following the well publicised incident at Derby. And, and he outpaced Chris Martin. And, and you sort of think, you know, we're, we're going to struggle if that's the way we want to play, trying to get the ball in behind. So I was a li- little bit disappointed with that, um, but it was what I expected. In terms of how I would have started, I probably would have gone two up top. And I think the best we've seen of Martin has been with Wells alongside him and, and, and vice versa. Um, Joe Williams, I think, will, will absolutely come into that side as a first-team fixture but I think he's not ready yet. That you know, Nigel Pearson said in numerous interviews, and he's got a manager's game time. So I wasn't surprised at, at that. But you could see from the brief cameo we had from him that he's a, he's a decent player. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's. I, I guess for me, Patch, what it shows is I don't know that we've got a lot of strength in depth at all. We've let a lot of players go, but I, I kind of looked at the bench and then I was thinking, Who, who's not out there? Who would you expect to? And we haven't. And I don't think, you know, I'm, I'm really, really hopeful that we do get in some additional players because I do genuinely think if we don't get a striker in, a physical striker, um, then it could be a really long hard season. So, yeah. Well, let's look at the bench. So on the bench, you had Thomas Callas, Naki Wells, obviously Max O'Leary, Casey Palmer, um, Danny Simpson, Sam Bell and Joe Williams. So add on to that, Masengo, Backinson. Conway. See Conway. <laughs> um we'll come yeah, on to but that. I, I, I just think that it's it's still you know the likes of Han Noah Tyreek have played a lot of games now but they're still youngsters um I guess the the one position for me is that number nine position and lots of fans are saying about Louis Britton and I understand that and I'd like to see Louis given an opportunity but you've let we've let Famara go mm. whatever your views are on Famara but he was a big physical sort of presence and it's just that mobility of your number nine. And Famara wasn't the quickest, so I'm kind of contradicting myself a little bit. But I think it's the phys- physicality of it. And then it's someone who's going to run in behind for you. Maybe that's where I was surprised Naki Wells didn't come on later on in the game because I thought he would have given you that. Yeah. Um, and then when you look at the teams like last night, West Brom and Bournemouth, physically, we are a million miles away from from the, the sort of side that they are. So, mm. Yeah. Cool. Okay, right. Let's get on to the minutes then. Um, so seventh minute, Callum O'Dowda gets in behind, doesn't control it very well, and the defender clears. Um, and after that, Mar- Martin was in an offside position. Um, but that that chance for Callum O'Dowda, Dell, was was a really good opportunity. He just didn't get hold of it, and he se- he actually got injured in the process. So your thoughts on that one? Yeah, it's <clears throat> difficult to see where exactly... Uh... With that one patch because I was sat in the south stand right at the other end, so it's a bit difficult to see. But he looked favourite from why he was sat. He looked favourite to get to it, um, and I don't know whether he sort of headed it down. It was, yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah he sort of headed it, and it, 
yeah, ran into his path. And I, I thought he looked favourite, obviously, then to, to to pull the trigger. And then he, I, well, he hesitated slightly and the defender came along. And in fairness, it was a great challenge. We've obviously taken the ball and, and followed through for Callum. But I was a little bit disappointed that he didn't get the shot away. You know, he should have, he should have got the target. I mean, in that position where he's headed it in, you know, headed it into the path and he's running onto it, he should be getting a shot away. And um, just a slight, slight hesitation allowed the defender there to get across and put a great challenge in. Yeah. Um, right, 10th minute, Callum O'Dowder comes off injured and Casey Palmer comes on. Uh, for me, um, I would have gone more like for like in that one. And and uh, probably Sam Bell, who I think they prefer in as a left winger, um, probably would have been a more of a like for like replacement on that one, Matt. But obviously Casey Palmer comes on with hindsight and does well. But your thoughts on that change at that moment? I, I agree with you. I was surprised at it. Would I have made that change? Yeah, I would have. I, I, I genuinely, and I've not seen enough of Sam Bell, so it's a, it's a bit unfair to say, but when he, he sort of came on at the end, I feel with Sam, I, I do think it's a step too far for him at the moment. Um, and to, for him to have come on and played in a, not a, a position that he's played a lot of time in, um, I thought would have been a bit of an unusual. And quite strangely, because we, we'd felt that, and again, Patch, there was a, a couple of rumours, weren't there, that potentially Sam Bell was going to start on the left-hand side. Mm. Um, so I was surprised at that because of that rumour. But mm. actually, I think it was the right thing to do with bringing Casey on, yeah. Okay. Um, into the 19th minute, it's a long throw in from Viner that falls to Viman, who fires high and wide. We've seen a couple of opportunities for Viman in the Villa game and in today's game where... He does snatch at it. And I know he's still coming back from a long injury. Um, and we know he can do it, Dell. But um, yeah, it's something that uh, might become a bit of a frustration. But uh, yeah, your thoughts on that one? Oh, dear. I mean, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, again, it was at the far end. But, you know, until you saw the replay on the big screen, he had so much time patch. It wasn't if he was getting closed down and somebody, you know, one of the Blackboard defenders was coming across and trying to block the shot. I mean, it just dropped to him and, and he was, he's left completely in my... And he's probably got enough time to take a touch and then and then shoot. And But he's just snatched at it. And it's, well, it's, <laughs> it's hit the Blackpool fans at the Atio end, isn't it? It's gone miles over. But again, it's, um, you know, again, he, he, it's so much time to take a touch and to shoot. And he, he should have he should have hit the target and scored. No, no doubt about it, you know. Undoubtedly, Matt, Vyman was the biggest miss of last season um, and his energy was something that we that we desperately missed. But um, he's come back in. He looks fit. He definitely looks fit. He's, he's got the energy. Um, but yeah, it's finishing. We know he can do it. What do you think? What do you think it is? Psychological or just bad luck? I don't I don't know that he's a natural finisher, which is unusual for a guy who's probably played a lot of the, the football he has. Maybe because he's sort of playing more of that wider position. Um, he doesn't feel as comfortable, but you know, you've both said it. He, he kind of snatched at it. Yes, it was his left foot, but it almost felt like try try and pass it in the net. He, he sort of snatched at it, smashed it, kind of thing, and it goes flying, ballooning over. And I, I was actually going to say that it was almost harder to do that than it was to hit the target, which is obviously not the case. But you know, he, he didn't get anywhere near it. And funny enough, the Blackpool player later on in the game had a very similar sort of effort, and you know. They're professional footballers, and and you sort of think I, I don't I don't quite know how you manage to fire it high and wide like that from that position. So disappointed, but and that's that, I keep going back to this thing with the striker. That's the thing for me, Andy Vyman and Chris Martin. You know, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm sat here at the end of the season. You're saying to me, "Hey, what do you know?" I can't see either of them getting 15 goals this season. 
Mm. You know, and that's that's the worry for me with this team is the goals. I really do fear for it with that. Cool. 23rd minute, Atkinson out wide to Palmer. Uh, and the keeper saves at the near post. Now, I was out of my seat with this one. I honestly thought it was going in, but the keeper makes a makes a great save. But um, as I said, Palmer comes on and he certainly took his chance, Matt. Yeah, he did. And, you know, everyone knows on this podcast, I'm, I'm a big Casey Palmer fan. But, but the difference for me with Casey today is there's no doubt in the bloke's fitness. Um, I, I, I'll say it now. I think the decision to take him off was the wrong decision. Um, I wouldn't have done that. Spoilers, uh, think... spoilers for later in yeah, the podcast, yeah, everyone. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> but I, I wouldn't have done that. But yeah, I thought he's, you, you know what you get with Casey? He, he is, he, he looks for that killer ball. So he is going to give some of those away. But I actually thought, um, as I say, his, his work rate is closing down his tackling. What he's done previous years is he would go racing in, make a challenge, but then be absolutely out of the game because he's knackered. He wasn't today. He'd make the challenge and then he was back in again. So, you know, that that to me was testament on the work that's gone into the club and Dave Rennie and the rest of his team in the, the fitness coaches and stuff. You know, Casey Palmer looks a much, much fitter player, as does Chris Martin, um, you know, and, and a number of the others. So, yeah. And Dell, I mean, last season, we might not have seen that shot from, from anyone. You know, we were crying out for shots on target. Um, and yeah, it was just great to see see Casey Palmer in particular having a go. Yeah, I think I think he was actually uh, the Blackpool doubled up at him as well. He went around one player, then he came inside, second defender, and had the confidence to shoot. But he was he was great. I mean, he, you know, I had my doubts when he came on playing wide left. I thought, you know, is he going to defensively? Is he going to track back? Because I don't know if you guys rec- um, uh, sort of saw it as well. There was a five or two minute, five minute, ten minute period in the in the first half where. Blackpool were playing uh, diagonal balls in behind uh, Casey J. De Silva. Sometimes he was left two on one. Um, so we, we we got away with that a couple of times where there were very few times they did threaten in the first half. But after you know after that, Casey sort of tracked by I me, mean, put some tremendous tackles in today. I mean, he really did in the first half. His track, you know, his tracking back was fantastic. Yeah, and he was great. He looked he looked a lot better. I, I noticed that as well today. And it was quite interesting as well, just on a side note. When they were warming up today, um, pre-match, Dave Rennie was actually out there with the squad watching him warm up um, and going through the routines. I thought that was quite telling. So he's obviously, you know, really quite close to what's going on, which is great. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, 26th minute. There's a great opportunity here for for uh, Andy King. So Cross comes in from Zach Viner. And Andy King, uh, you know, has the keeper to beat with a header, diving header. Um and it goes well wide. Uh, so great opportunity, Matt, for, for our first goal. Yeah, and I, and I guess with that one, I think Andy King's lack of football um, I'd probably sort of paid to that because he's, he's really not played an awful lot of football in the last couple of seasons, has he? Um, but it was three kind of similar chances where we just didn't do enough and work the keeper Um and that one, the, the only thing I would say for him was I think the ball came from behind Casey Palmer. And so he may have seen it late, but you're what, seven, eight yards out and you're not in the target. So I'm sure he will be disappointed with that. But it was, again, it was a good good move, good ball in, um, good move. Yeah, and that was one of a handful of chances we'll come on to where City did break the offside trap that, that yes. Blackpool were trying. Um, so that was obviously great to see. Uh, some great tackles flying in. I've put put down here and Casey Palmer stood out for me and this was even before the hat trick of tackles that he makes in 10 minutes time yeah. Uh, so yeah 
Casey Palmer was a man possessed in the tackle today, Dale. Yeah, he was. I mean, there was one where he's basically gone through, you know, taken the ball and gone through the player, you know, and it was a, got a, a great cheer from the crowd. I mean, he really did. He was, uh, he really put himself about. Um, and the poor right back, I think he got, like you said, he got crunched a couple of times, mm. you know, in, in the space of five minutes. But yeah, it was great to see. And, you know, that's always been, you know, that's always been thrown at Casey, hasn't it, in the past about his work rate and his, his, his you know, his, um, you know, the commitment. And, and you know, being physical, he, I thought he was great. To, and he won quite a few headers as well, did where the ball was yeah. bounced up. He won a lot of first, first and second balls to lead back. You know, in and around there, so that that was yeah. great. I mean, go, going back to the Andy King chance, so well, I don't know if you if you see it, but actually, you know, in a, in a way, I hope he, he, he missed it because there was actually one of our players who stood right behind him. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know if you see it, but we actually saw it on the big screen where, you know, the balls come in, and you know, there's there's no one around, obviously, uh, Andy King. And I, one of our players, I don't know who it is, it's just stood literally yards behind him. So if he'd have missed it, it was basically a free header for the City player yeah. behind. So mm. that, that was a shame, but there we go. Absolutely. Uh, 35th minute, it's uh, Matty James to Scott, who whips it into Rob Atkinson. And again, this is another one where we beat the offside trap. And, you know, Rob Atkinson forced to his left foot. He is a yep. defender, but... He maybe could have guided that a little bit better. It was a bit of a swipe, but it's probably one again, Matt, that he didn't expect to get. Yeah, he was stretching a little bit as well, wasn't he? Um, sort of the fire pace. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll forgive him a little bit, and we'll, we'll go on to talk about him in particular, Atkinson. Um, but again, it was a good move, and and it, and I think, you know, as we've talked about it now, I, I was sort of talking to to my mum earlier on who couldn't make it. And I was sort of saying, you know, you, you, you're trying to think back to the opportunities we had. And we didn't have many strikes on goal. I listened to Ian Gay on, on Jeff's show. And Ian was like, you know, when he had two shots on target. And, and he's right. But actually, we had, we've talked there, three or four really good opportunities that should have led to goals. But at the very least, the keeper making really good saves. And, and none of them did. And um, it wasn't necessarily from poor play. It was just that little bit of maybe, you know, first game nerves crowd and stuff like that oh, it's but a fast improvement from last season 11 well, shots in total it, yeah exactly that it was it wasn't the most attacking thrilling you know edgy your seat dave smith running down the wind mark gavin the other side for for listeners of our age glorious but but, but actually there was some some decent football and some decent opportunities wasn't it if lee johnson was here talking about box centers he'd probably be quite happy with it so yeah <laughs> brilliant um 40th minute this is when there was three tackles in the space of a minute from Casey Palmer, all that he won and all, you know, didn't give away free kicks, Dale. Um, it's great to see. And not only Casey Palmer, I thought the tackling from Baker and Atkinson, which we'll come on to later, uh, I thought it, the, the tackling was spot on today, um, apart from obviously at the goal, but uh, here we go. Um, so, yeah, three tackles from Casey Palmer. What a sight. Yeah, I mean, it did really get the, the crowd going and it was fantastic. Um, you know, like I said, in the it was the fact of the the real intent of real aggression as well. It wasn't just like a, you know, sort of a, a lucky 50-50. He's gone in there, fully committed, won the ball. And then the, I think the fact that he's, obviously the, the greasy surface, he's taken the player with him after the ball. Obviously, you know, no foul or anything. But yeah, and it was great. Baker, I thought was fantastic. I mean, the, um, you know, the diving headers as well, winning, you know, coming in and, and winning, you know, stooping down low with headers. And, and uh, yeah, some really good tackles. And I thought the, I thought uh, Andy King, I thought he, the first half, I thought he, he grew into the game. So I thought the first 
10, 15 minutes, we, we lost a lot of the first and second balls. Um, but we did start winning a lot more of the first and second balls. You know, as the game went on, we grew into it. Um, and yeah, the sort of confidence spread through the side a bit. And we, uh, you know, Zach Viner as well, I thought first half, he, he played quite well. Um, some good tackles as well. So no, it, it, yeah, like I said, it was good to see that full commitment, which we, we haven't always seen that down there have we, for a while. Yeah. So no, it's good. Yeah. You're absolutely right. It, it, a good, a good, solid hard tackle fair tackle gets the crowd going doesn't it It whips them up um and you know the 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 chanting starts you know after that it gets everyone going and you know that five minutes later the moment we've all been waiting for a goal at ashton gate with fans that we can jump up and down and celebrate and what a great time to score as well it was alex scott who fed andy king who doesn't even look to be fair he's obviously looked before he struck it um, he knows exactly where he's going to put it, whips it in well. Uh, again, beating the offside trap from Blackpool. And it's uh, Chris Martin with a diving header, which if you look on the replay, it, it's not an easy header. And it's the angle is, um, you know, it's not the easiest of angles either. So what a header, Matt, for, for Chris Martin to go in 1-0 at the break. Yeah, re- really good striker's header. Um, but I think, like you said, it was the ball, wasn't it? The, the ball kind of made it. I think, listen to his interview afterwards, he wasn't sure if he was on side or not, Chris Martin. Um, but yeah, he, he put it back the, the way the keeper naturally would have been coming from because he would have been that side of the goal. So yeah, it was it was a good finish, good good little interplay between Scott and um, and Andy King. And like you said, Patch, I mean, you know, for, for me today, it was about that. It was about, you know, I've got we've got a bit of a ritual within where we sit. As Kev who sits in front of me, we always give a, a high or t- high ten. Ed who sits in front, we all sort of, you know, high fives. And then Dave who sits by the side of me, we have a big hug. So that was the first time. But this time around, it was like asking, are we, you know, are we <laughs> are we hugging today? What are we? So, but it was great. It was absolutely brilliant. And um, for it, I mean, we've all watched it on the TV throughout. There's nothing like that feeling is there when your team scores and you're there and you can celebrate and see the fans around you celebrating. Yeah, it was it was magical game. And something really missed, yeah. Celebrate yeah. and not get told off. Um, yes, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so halftime comes. I, I didn't actually get a halftime summary from Rob. He must have been busy, uh, but um, never mind. We'll uh, we'll let him off and I'll, I'll pick up with him later. Okay, so into the 60th minute, and it was a great moment um, over in the corner. Zach Viner has no right to keep the ball in, but amazingly does. But then is like Bambi on ice and falls over and has a bit of a has a bit of a laugh. And that was down by you, Matt, I think, wasn't it? Just to the left of us, yeah, yeah. He, he did. Re- I mean, it, it was a proper foot race for him to get to the corner flag, and ins- I don't actually know how he did it. He almost kind of managed to juggle back heel it, so it stayed in. Brought the ball out. And then, like you said, slipped over and then did turn around and was sort of laughing with the crowd. But it was almost stop, stop laughing, Zach, and get back in position. Yeah, because it was still an opportunity. <laughs> yeah, right, wasn't exactly. There? Yeah. yeah. And I think yeah. the ball may then have come back to him. But yeah, no, he did. Yeah. yeah it, it was, uh, yeah, a bit, a bit comical, but he'd done, he'd done really well to get there. Yeah. Nice little comedy moment. Uh, 62nd minute, a great passage ends in a shot from James that goes narrowly wide. There was a lot of good passing play. Um, and it was an opportunity that James did snatch at. Uh, but it was quite close, I think, from where I could see. And yeah. he had some real pace on that shot with his right foot, Dale. Yeah, we, we were sat right behind the goal. Um, and when he struck it, you know, we thought it was in, you know, we sort of going in. And Maxwell was scrambling, really, the keeper. Yeah. Um, and it was just literally a, a just probably inches just wide of the pace. But it was a good strike. And again, you know, 
know, that quick quick bit of play that we, when we did move the ball quickly, we looked so much better than them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you remember in the first half, there was that little down in the left-back area, and I think it was De Silva, Atkinson. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, Feynman. Yeah, and it was like a triangle of passes, yeah. and we actually managed to play the ball from our own left-back area, you know, up through, up to the, the halfway line and, and then to the, yeah. into the black ball half. And we didn't do that enough really today. You know, we had yeah. the players to do it. I, you know, I was a little bit disappointed with Matty James today because I, I, he didn't really stamp stamp his authority on the game. That was the sort of game I was looking at him really to, to you know, to sort of stand out. And he didn't really do enough of that for it's, me today. So, yeah. It, it's funny, isn't it? I, I really rated him. I thought he was top, top drawer. I thought he's... Yeah. Um, his first thought was forward. Um, mm. It didn't, didn't always come off, but I thought we had a, a midfielder who looked to kind of keep the ball, but sort of, you know, play, play it with a bit of impetus and play it forward. Yeah. Did, did he have a shot before that right-footed one, a left-footed one that loomed over yeah. the bar? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Didn't, didn't yeah. go very yeah. well, didn't go very yeah. well, that one. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, it's... It's one of those ones. We'll come on to the ratings a bit later, yeah. but I can see I can see both sides, both sides of it. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. story, and also the same with Andy King. I I've got to be honest. Before he set up the goal, I was saying I'm not really sure. You know, because his sort of work, the sort of work he does, is off the ball, goes unnoticed. It's probably yeah. a lot of talking. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not eye catching, yeah, is it? Very, very difficult to to judge on some of these, but. Um, yeah. uh, yeah, so 64th minute, a perfectly fine tackle from Baker gets a yellow. Your thoughts on that one, Matt? Again, we're we're in the safe stand, so you're probably that little bit closer you to need, it. You guys need to move. You need <laughs> yeah, to move. Well, yeah, yeah. Where, where did you where did you watch it from today? Oh, just I was in the Lansdowne stand, mate. Oh, were you? Right. Yeah. Okay. Is it, yeah. <laughs> right, right in front of him, yeah. Um it, it didn't look like it. I mean, we've seen Nathan Baker over the years where he he, he wins the ball, but he's taken everything with it. It didn't look like that from where we were. It did look like he he actually won the ball, and it wasn't one of those dangerous. It was absolutely sort of challenges. fine, yeah, perfectly fine it, tackle. It, it really did, and I think he was surprised by it. So uh, it did, you know. I didn't think it was a foul, let alone a booking. So no. yeah, the way that the the way that he he goes into the tackle, they probably you know look for it. Basically, mm. um, it doesn't help the way he goes in, but. But it was a perfectly fine tackle. The Blackball fans obviously surrounded. And I actually thought the referee was going to send him off. Do you uh, know what? I, I actually thought today, though, I don't know about you two, but I thought the referee, I thought he had a good game, to be fair. But I thought he also yeah. let a lot of the the sort of... Um, Niggly bits. No, the, yeah. the, and, and the, the theatrics yeah, from players their players kind of going that. down. Yeah. And he, he was almost, come on, get out. And, and he didn't... That 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 one aside, because I didn't think it was a book and didn't think it was a foul, but there were a lot of challenges that he allowed, and I think it stemmed from yeah. the Euros where they've allowed that now, mm. and it just made the game that much better. Yeah, and there was one moment with um, Maxwell, the keeper, in the second half yeah. where he went to clear it and Scott was closing him down. Scott got nowhere near him, but it was one of those where the keeper jumps up and throws his legs up and then rolling around on the floor. Ref plays on. Oh, surprise, surprise! Up he gets and he's yeah. back in. So it was re- that, that for me was a real positive today. The refereeing allowing that kind of those challenges to go in because that's what we want to see. No, we don't want to see anyone get injured, but we want to see a, it's a contact game. So let challenges go in, and when they're wrong and they're fouls, fine. But when it's not and it's you know playing how it should be, that's you know that's how we all played it as, as you know men yeah. growing up. What we say, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we get to the sort of seventieth minute. And you can only see one result. You can only see City winning one or maybe even getting another one 2-0. Um, and 
the change get a change gets made, uh, and it's Williams coming on for Scott. So, first of all, your thoughts, Dell, on that substitution? Was it needed? Was it the right substitution? No, I, I would have. I would have kept it. I would have kept Scott on. I mean, anything I would have done was, um, as the game went on, I think I would have. I would have gone a three-five-two. I'd have brought Callas on because they brought another striker on, didn't they? Obviously, you'll go on to allude to that later on. Um, I would have. I would have brought Callas on. I would have gone three at the back, and then I would have brought Wales on as well. I would have. I would have kept Scott on. I would have taken him off at that time, but I would have um, because we didn't stretch Blackpool as you know, even if we were. Blackpool played a lot of, you know, sort of long boards. The only, try, the only thing you could see Blackpool scoring was, was from a set piece today. You know, because they did have a lot of free kicks and corners, which were quite dangerous. Um, but no, I, I thought that was the wrong call. And I thought, obviously, you'll go on to the other one as well. But I, I thought it was just a bit of a bizarre one, really, with with, uh, with Williams coming on, really. So, I mean, yeah. if any, anything, I would have brought, you know, Williams is a good player. The only player, you know, the only thing I would have done was uh, if Williams was going to come on, I would have probably taken Andy King off. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I was listening to to Radio Bristol on the way home and Jeff and Gary Hours both said that they agreed. They thought Alex Scott was right on his feet um, and that bringing on Williams as a defensive midfielder was sufficient. Matt, your thoughts? Spot on. Spot on. Um, I I was calling for Alex Scott to come off probably five minutes before he did um, because he, he, and I don't know if you noticed it, but he was showing, visibly showing signs of cramp. He was sort of stretching quite a bit as well. Um, and I, th- I thought he was really blowing. And although we kind of were, were playing a, a one in effect, Scott got a lot closer to Chris Martin in the second half, certainly as the, the second half wore on. Um, and I don't know if some yeah, of was more up was, front, wasn't he? It, it really was. They were sort of playing as a two almost, weren't they? And, and so the obvious one for me at the time was... Naki Wells coming on for him and I was really surprised that Naki Wells didn't come on for him and I hope there's not an issue with that I hope that, that it's not something with Wells either attitude wise or Pearson doesn't fancy him or whatever because he's the only real goal scorer that we've got you know All right, and we'll, we'll say Louis Britton but I'm on about championship at this level you know um, so I was surprised at that but I wasn't surprised at the Alex Scott coming off because as I say from from and I was fortunate because I was looking right at it he was stretching and, and as I said said to the guys next to me Scott mm-hmm. is, is desperate to come off now really yeah um what a great reaction though Alex Scott got Brilliant. from the crowd yeah, he obviously came off yeah. on the dolman stand side and walked all yeah. the way around yeah um, and that was great to see from from him taking it and the fans giving it I thought it was fantastic we had a lot of a lot of fans from Guernsey and by the seam of things, because there was all this, he's one of our own, he's one of our own. And I'm thinking, wait, he's from Guernsey and was it Southampton for a fair bit, but yeah. he's only been with us a couple of seasons, hasn't he? So he's an yeah. adopted Bristolian, that one. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, 78th minute. This is when there's the warning signs started to come through. Uh, Blackpool hit the post. Uh, it was a great shot and Bentley was beaten Dell. Um, and then shortly after that, Keo luckily blazed over in a good chance, oh. but uh, the warning signs were there. Yeah. <clears throat> and to be honest with you, they were just, a lot of them were just hopeful balls into the box and just yeah. dropping, um, you know, and we obviously, as Matt has alluded to, we, we were getting a bit tired. That's why I thought people like Andy King should have come off really, or we should have brought on another centre back. Um, you know, I guess it's difficult, cover, mate. You know? It's, it's difficult yeah. now, Dell, isn't it? Because you've only, and, and I don't know how many, I yeah. know you, you guys will realise it, but you've only got the three subs now, haven't you? Yeah. Although, because yeah. they've obviously changed the rule now. So we've lost no data. So you have only then got those two to play with. So once you've made that Scott change, because you needed to, mm. 
what do you then do, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah you, you, you're right with what you're saying, yeah. Yeah, no, it was um, the warning signs did definitely start there. And 81st minute, it was great shepherding from Baker when Blackpool were through. I thought that was terrific defending. And, um, you know, Nathan Baker left the club, came back. Someone who we definitely wanted to keep hold of because we know what he's capable of. It's just the 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 aggression that sometimes gets him into into a position where he gets himself injured. Um, that that is 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 downfall. So let's hope that this season is is a season where he can keep fit as much as possible. Because great defending, Dell, um, there from from Nathan Baker. Yeah, he he read the he read the situation brilliantly, Patch. It's almost like he just stepped across, didn't he? Uh, and just read, you know, read the run. He knew exactly where the guy was going to go, and he just shepherded about. And he was great. I thought he had a really good game today. He really did. I thought he was superb. And I think he's been a, obviously, you know, he's obviously helping the young lad Atkinson alongside him as well, talking throughout the game. Um, yeah, and I thought he was brilliant. I thought his passing was quite good as well. You know, he, he seemed to take a touch today, and he, he, you know, whereas before in the past he can be a bit erratic. He plays a lot of long balls, but he, he actually found a couple second half where he just. He found Chris Martin a couple of times where he just seemed to plonk it onto his feet. So, uh, no, I, I thought he played really well today. And it's like I said, his win in the game was excellent today. Um, yeah. You know, he, he didn't put a foot wrong. So, no, really good. So, how many times, Matt, have we been in this position as Bristol City fans where we're 1 0 up and we've got not quite the Alamo, but the play is all coming towards our goal instead of instead of the opposition's goal? Um, and, you know, you could see it coming a mile off, but. Just quickly, the the change, the substitution on 88th minute, Bell for Palmer. Um, So I was actually sat very close to Mickey Bell and I wasn't watching Bell, uh, Sam Bell coming on. I was watching Mickey Bell and I presume um, Sam Bell's mum sat with with Mickey. And just to say the pride on their face was, you know, it was quite emotional to see, to be fair. They both stood up clapping, mm. him coming on, uh, regardless of whether it was the right substitution or make, to make or not. But that just want to say that that was fantastic. Um, yeah. Really good to um, see. Yeah, brilliant. And the fact is, obviously, he'd made his debut last year, but, you know... Not the same. Yeah. It's not the same without the crowd there. And obviously, then he got injured almost yeah. within seconds, didn't he? Um, so it's brilliant. And, and funny enough... Um, Tree knew I, I go to football with. I said to her when he came on, I said, oh, that's Sam Bell, like Mickey Bell's lad. And she went, what? Mickey Bell that played for us? And I went, yeah. She went, oh my God, how old are we? And I'm like, yeah, yeah that's, that's his lad. So exactly. yeah, um, I, again, and I, and I don't want this to turn into a Casey Palmer loving again because I got accused of that last season. But I was surprised that at the change, I didn't see, if he wanted to do that, then I would have gone potentially Andy Vyman. Um, it would sort of run in. I just felt Casey was physically looked fit to me and um, it was a bit of a strange one. And yeah, very difficult with Sam coming on late like that. But it was almost the mentality for me of a pre-season game where you're trying to get Sam Bell onto the pitch. Exactly. Yeah. It didn't seem a tactically yeah. great decision, did it? It didn't, I didn't know what it was going to achieve, um, especially as I say, and, I, and it might be they're looking because we haven't got a little width and we haven't got money to go out. They're looking at it and playing left. But is he left-footed? I, I, I don't yeah. know. No. He yeah. is left-footed, is he? Yeah. I, I yeah, thought yeah, he yeah. was, yeah. I, I wasn't sure if he was right, but um, I, I feel with with Sam, and again, it's unfair because it's only the first time I've really seen him. He looks very young to me, and I know Alex Scott's younger, but doesn't look like that. I, I just felt with Sam. <laughs> you know what you mean? Was, <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it just yeah. felt to me, but as I said, what, what options did he have? 
maybe I would have like well, like Dell said, um, I would probably have brought Callas on. Well, and bring gone... Palmer off if if any if yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if you're bringing Palmer off, bring him yeah. off. Put Callas on. Put Callas on and pack, play pack, pack exactly the um, pack yeah. the box exactly that. And and I thought we, you know, Dell was right with the dead ball sort of situation. But the only other times Black causes any problems first half or in that second half was where we pushed too far and it was just a ball over the top and it was a foot race mm. and they got through a couple of times, didn't they? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was. Um, talk us through game. the goal. Talk us Point through the goal, Matt. Reason. I mean, I haven't made any. I haven't made any notes. All I know is we conceded in the last minute of well, added time. And Josh Bowler scored the goal. Yeah, it it it, it was a ball um, again, sort of in, into our area, and, and the the ball kind of got knocked back out. And Andy Vyman took a bit of a swipe at it and kind of sliced it a little bit so it didn't get any kind of distance on it so it was still in the mix from a, a Blackpool point of view and he got played sort of d- down the channel and the, from where we were in the south stand and I don't know if Del could see it but I was saying to the guy like, has, he, has he beat Bentley at the near post then like you know how's that, how's that gone in because we seem to have enough defenders in there but I've watched it back on the TV and the guy just sort of puts a ball across and, and the forward who I don't know you know wherever he played but the, the, the guy who scored had just got in front his body in front of Atkinson and, yeah. and sort of side footed it into the net. Um, so, yeah, I'm just so watching it, it now. It's disappointing to concede it. Just watching it now, and um, it's a it's a lovely little reverse pass. Yeah, um, I'm not sure of the chap's name, but he's the chap's in a lot of space. Fires it across, and you know someone's just got to get on the end of it. And Atkinson, and, and it was a good does finish. his best. Yeah. And when Atkinson came off at the end, he was absolutely furious. Yeah, Absolutely and I'm not surprised. And, and Pearson said it himself. It you know it is disappointing. And, and as fans, um, you know, as you said, Patch. But how many times have we as fans seen a last minute sort of goal go in like that? And it does feel like a defeat. Yeah, um, oh, absolutely. And, yeah, and you know, I'm, I make. I personally think this is going to be a very tough season. I think fans have Ooh. to recognise this is very much a season of transition. And if we finish mid table from where we were last season and the new players coming in and that will be decent. But, you, you know, no disrespect to Blackpool and they've got the impetus of coming up, but Blackpool are not going to be one of the strongest teams in the division, you wouldn't think. And so you've got to see that game out. And that's where maybe they patch, I, you know, I've been critical of Lee Johnson in the past where Lee would, when we were well on top, would take off a striker and go defensive. But I think this was different. I think we were having to defend and so it made sense to bring a defender on. And we're not talking about bringing on an untried Robbie Cundy, or I know he's not fit, but, a, you know, a Robbie Cundy or um, a Riley Taylor. You're talking about a guy who has just come back from the Euros and was touted as being one of the best defenders there. So bring him on. And and that's another, it's something else for us to talk about, the whole Thomas yeah, Callas situation. Yeah. Um, because you're talking about a player probably in today's market worth eight Let's do it. million. Let's do well, it he's, he's worth eight to ten million. Um, and this isn't critical of Nathan Baker or Rob Atkinson today, because both I thought were excellent. But you're talking about, as I say, an international player who's just come back from the Euros and was outstanding in that, and he can't get into your team from a guy you've just signed from Oxford and a guy you've re-signed who was known for being injury. So, you know, I don't can the club come out and say Yes, the window's still open. Thomas has told us he's interested in leaving, and I, and I don't know that. I'm you know trying to sort of try and think about it, or that we're trying to sell him or whatever, because it doesn't make sense to me why he's not playing. It yeah, really doesn't. Um, and 
you know, as I said, that's not being critical of, of Baker and Axon today, who I thought was superb. Mm. It worries me a little bit. You've got two left-footed players playing in, in the centre of defence. And ironically, we've been saying for years how we needed a left-footed centre-half and <laughs> you then got yeah. two. But yeah, I, I I don't know about you boys, but that that for me, and I'm not I'm not on a downer about it or whatever. I just like to understand that, the thinking behind it. Yeah. Um, I don't know, not, think, uh, I don't think there will... There won't, we won't be a know. reason. We, no. They can't come out and say, as, you, as no, you said. Absolutely. But obviously there was that rumoured spat at the end of last season. Yeah. Um, who knows what really happened? Yeah. Um, but you've got to play your fittest, best team at the end of the day. Um, and for me, as I said at the start of the podcast, I would play all three of them. And if one gets injured, then you go to the two. Well, it, it yeah. almost feels like a natural three as well. It yeah, could yeah. have been, and, and yeah. as I say, when we were defending, and that was all Blackpool were really doing was playing that ball down the channel, and, and you know they, they had some quick wide players, and they they had mobile strikers as well. Although that that Jerry Yates who we were in for, I didn't see anything today that disappoints me that we didn't really mm. sort of pull out. But again, slightly unfair. But I just felt it was crying out for Callas to come on, yeah. Um, and yeah, I, and I think if I say, you do play it as a three, then it gives Rob Atkinson the license to roam, which he clearly looked like which he, he wanted clearly, to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, we've been burnt so many times in these transfer windows where we sell our players right at the end of the transfer window, and we haven't yeah. got enough time to get quality players back in. Now, I don't know if there's any truth. We're, we're talking about what we what we hear when we're you know in the concourse and everything else. Taylor Moore is apparently very much on his way to Oxford, was, was the talk today. Now, if that's the case, and if Thomas Callas does end up going, you've got to be looking at getting another centre-half in. But you're not going to replace a centre-half with the quality of Thomas Callas. And people go, oh, we've got Robbie Cundy. Yeah, but a lad who's only played at Cambridge and Gillingham, as good as he might prove to be... Mm. And that's coming not back a, from injury. Exactly. Yeah. That's not a guy who's just come out of the Euros. So... I, <laughs> I thought those kind of moments would be gone with Mark Ashton going in. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I hope that the right decision is made on that front. And if that is to sell Callison, let's get the deal done now so that you know what you've got to spend and can go out and do it. And they've also just loaned out Joe Lowe, who's uh, a promising young centre-back. Who Have they? Yeah, he's, so he's gone out to Eastleigh. Right, OK. Um, and again, you know, we, we weren't talking about the likes of Tommy Conway, Ryan T- Riley Taylor, etc. Um, this time last season, you know, yeah. who's to say that it's just a few injuries that Joe Lowe might have got up an opportunity to first team, but yeah. the loan is the right decision to get him some playing experience in, you know, at that and, level. And I think that's what we've got to be mindful of as well. And, and it, it comes back to the whole thing. And like I said, there's a, there's a growing, a, a ground swell about Louis Britton and understandably because he scores pretty much every game he plays in, in the under 23s, but you've also got to be realistic. The lad hasn't played. Yeah a lot of men's football. And so if he is going to be that number nine, then get him on the bench and get him that kind of experience and the odd 20 minutes and stuff. Because for me, the Sam Pearsons, the Sam Bells, the Tommy Conways are are very similar style, you know, build players and stuff. Um, Obviously I want Tommy Conway starting to be fair, but I've got some breaking um, news. Go on. Um, Pearson have gone, is he? <laughs> uh, so when we went through the players who weren't involved today, we forgot yeah. one player, Adam Naj. He is Has asked he to yes. leave, asked to leave Bristol City, according really? to the Bristol Post. Um, the Hungarian midfielder was left out of the matchday squad today. Naj Pearson has revealed that the Hungarian has asked to leave Bristol City. 
uh, wasn't involved. When asked as to whether the decision to leave him out was related to injury, Adam Naj is fine, but he has expressed a wish to leave and it's more important to play players that want to be here. Uh, Pearson said Naji has expressed Naji has expressed his desire to leave privately and confirm the club are yet to receive any bids for the former Bologna midfielder. That's a bit upsetting, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, and again, we, we don't know what conversations go on between manager and player. So, you know, if, if Nigel Pearson has told him he doesn't fancy him or he's not in his you know, then um, you can understand the, the player looking for that. But more than likely, it's an agent situation. He did well in the Euros. Um, and so he's looking for, he's got a young family now. And he's, I think his, his partner or his wife just... Yeah, just his, his partner birth. gave birth to a son on the eve of Euro 2020. And yeah. they've experienced difficulties settling into Bristol. Yeah. And last yeah. summer was effectively available for a transfer, but the club didn't receive any bids. But... You know, he would have seen like drawn a lot of attention down in that in the Euros. He played really well. Hungary were were the surprise package of the group of death. Um, so you know, we'd like to think that we'll get some get some suitors. Will we yeah, get- definitely. Yeah, I mean, to be honest with you as well. I mean, the he, talking about his substitutions today. I mean, if he was on the bench, he would have been a perfect sub, wouldn't he, to brought on today? Yeah, because uh, of his energy and stuff and the the driving of the game. Um, it's a shame, really. I'm I'm disappointed because I mean, when he first his first couple of games, he, you know, only, only what this time last year when he came in late in the window, wasn't that? And then he played, I think he played away a at Birmingham and then against QPR and he, he looked, he looked absolute quality. Mm. Uh, he's had obviously a few injury problems, but I do actually, I do know someone who, who actually knows him, um, like a friend and it, apparently his wife has really struggled, very, very homesick, um, wanted to move back to Italy. Um, and if that's, now, so yeah, you know. If that if that's the case, then 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 absolutely completely understand yeah. it. And he's got to be thinking of his family. But a bit like Milan Juric. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think a it similar was. situation. Yeah, I don't I know think, if there was a baby was, involved, but yeah, I think it was. Um sorry, Matt. Yeah, it, it it it's a shame if we can get our money back on him, and you'd like to Ooh. think a guy who's just come out of the Euros, you, you know, you, you you will, but you've then got to replace him. And and this yeah. is this is the thing or, I keep sort of saying. You're from Aras, you're, you know, we've got rid of a lot of players. And yes, um, I'm not, I don't think any of them were Deadwood, but we've got rid of a lot of players, but we're not replacing them. And I had a really good comment on um, Forever Bristol this week, um, where they were, that their interviews was Chris Honor and Gregor. And one of the comments from Dave was that we're a club that goes out and we buy players for one and a half, two million, those sort of players who come in and might play. 10, 15, 20 games. But we don't go out and spend the good money on a, a proven, he he is going to be on your first team and then your first team sheet and will play 35, 40 games that season. And it's another situation with Madge. He's come in. We know he's, he's an international. We're not seeing it, are we? We, we? What have we got out of him? How many games has he actually played for us? Injuries as well, I know. But he's not, in, obviously, first choice for Pearson. He wasn't for Holden. He wasn't for Johnson. So, yeah, it just seems another waste for me. Yeah, absolutely. But he has to be replaced. Uh, does he? Does he need to be replaced? Have we got enough cover in that position? I'm just trying to work this through in my head with, with Backinson. Masengo, um, I guess. Masengo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure there are others yes. that we're forgetting. I'm thinking if we get million, whatever in for him, we go out and spend that on a striker. That's been, that's been the yeah. excuse for not getting a striker, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Do you think Nigel fancies Tyreek? 
weren't on the bench today. No. Breaking news. Yeah, no, but <laughs> you know, that, that surprised me. Nash, I, I actually thought Nash might have had a knot, but I, I, again, I don't, I've always got the, I felt that perhaps Nash wasn't a Pearson sort of player. And, and again, that's me just looking at it. I wonder if that's the same with Tyreek, which for me would be a real shame because I really like mm. Tyreek. And having seen him in the preseason, I thought he bulked up. Yeah. So I'm hoping that's a bit of a knock or, I don't know, again, comes back to the number of subs you yeah, can you can't make, play, but, can't play everyone. Yeah, can't play I, I, don't, I don't think there's anything in that back in I hope, I hope not. I hope not. I hope we see him on, on yeah. Tuesday because the team would be different Tuesday, wouldn't it? Okay, well, we finished that little minute segment on a bit of a bombshell, but uh, we got a quick tweet came in, uh, uh, I've noticed from Lee Williams, um, tough one to take, looking forward to the breakdown on the podcast later, I think Blackpool will struggle this season, so a bit concerned we couldn't put them to bed with a second, yes, there were positives when you compare to last season, but did we really make their keeper work much, Del? No, absolutely not, I mean, we, we, we were saying that the group that we sit in a range where we sit in the safe band, we were saying really, <clears throat> you know, Maxwell didn't have a really an awful lot to do second half, um, apart from the James shot that he, he scampered wide. I mean, really, and that, that was a disappointing thing because you felt that, you know, we had that little bit of passage of players, a quick pass and, and stretched them. Uh, and, you know, we didn't really create a chat. And the worrying thing was today for me that, you know, especially second half, Chris Martin, when we, we went at the break, you know, we were on the break, the balls were played down the channels. And there was no one else in the box. So I think that's why we needed to get Wells on there. Um, and we were struggling really to get the, the team further up the pitch. Um, and it just seemed a bit crazy, really, with the, um, again, the substitution. Seeing there was a lot of uh, set pieces that we were defending, free kicks and corners. That's why we would have brought Callas on. Um, you know, pushed Miner and, and the Silver down the flanks, got us a bit more energy down the sides. And obviously another player in the box, you know, and, and we did do it. You know, when we needed that second goal, you always felt he was going to come. Um, yeah, and it, I, I am, I'll be honest, you, I am a bit, you know, there are positives, but I came away from that today feeling quite concerned with it. So I thought, you know, if we go into that season, we are going to struggle because we're not going to score enough goals. Um, and it's the old saying again, we keep giving teams too many chances, Patch. You know, it's almost like, you know, the last 10 minutes, you're going to give them two chances. Well, okay, three minutes added on. It, you know, you just know there'll be another chance coming, don't you? You just know mm. they'll get one more chance. And the reason Bentley's been so good for us in, over the last couple of seasons is because, you know, we, we give teams too many chances. We present, we make it too easy. And again, today, I thought at times we were comfortable. And I thought as well, the last the last sort of 10 minutes, we came quite sort of frantic. Uh, instead of us putting the foot on the ball in midfield, a couple of times with Joe Williams, uh, King, James, just sort of lashing long balls, you know, ended up in the in their fullback areas with no one there. So yeah, I thought yeah. we could have kept the ball a little bit better. Back, really. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? We didn't. We seemed to sort of very fun when it was the first game of the season, and you know it was just that it's just a bit of panic setting as well, which I was quite surprised with experienced players. We seem to we seem to panic quite quite a lot. So I'm just I'm hoping that's just first day nerves, but yeah, you know it is a real concern really because we we don't you know if you're going to play that four two three one, you want to be a team that's hard to beat, and we, we you know you look at that today. I know it's only one game, but it, you know even the preseason friendlies at Plymouth, you know we give teams too many chances, and you know. At the moment, you know, we're not going to outscore teams at the moment. So, we, you know, it, there's a lot of work to do. I'm just hoping that, you know, obviously, you know, it's a season in progress. Obviously, we, we you know, it's mid-table. You know, if you give me mid-table now, I snatch it off, you know, snatch your hand off. <laughs> you know, um, but, you know, we, we, we've we got to create more. And we've got to stretch teams. I mean, like Borough and West Brom last night, they get in behind teams and we just, 
you know, very few times the second half you were out of your seat where we got in behind them, you know, so that, that was a concern today, you know. Yeah, which you which you would expect with that formation is getting to the yeah. tie line and getting in behind teams. Um, Matt, are we are we having a very difficult? Uh, sorry, are we having a very different conversation if we get a second goal and we win two 0 I think um, yes, because I think a second goal means that they then come out and and some of our play deserve the second goal. Um, that you know, I'm not. This isn't. A, I'm not on a diner at all. Um, mm. Because I, I genuinely felt that there was a lot of interplay. You you talked about it with, oh, Dale talked about it, sorry, the, the passage of play with De Silva, Atkinson, Vyman. Mm. And there are a number of times Matty James, you know, played a couple of good little balls in between. So I, I genuinely think there was more to be positive about today, mm. but I am fearful about the goals. I, and and if, you, if you don't score goals, you struggle in any league. And Chris Martin, a couple of times today, won the ball, where he he broke and he's like I said he's never he's never gonna you know hundred meter race yeah. is he gonna beat anybody? Um, it would probably beat me to be fair. And me, but only because he's dodgy knees. But but he he got to the byline a couple of times and looked to put the ball in and there was, there was no, no one, one there. there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's where you know Matty James obviously isn't that kind of player, and I don't know that Andy King's got the legs enough to be able to do that. So. That that's just my concern this season is is yeah. where the goals come from. But you know there were there were a lot of positives. But I also felt I think Nigel Pearson said after the game that he he couldn't see Blackpool or didn't feel Blackpool deserved anything, and it wasn't as negative as that, or is is a, a bit of a he wasn't as disparaging of that. But I actually thought Blackpool looked like they were going to get something from it as the game went on, so it wasn't a surprise to me. So yeah, cool. Okay, um, let's come on to the ratings, Matt. This yep. is the first ratings of the season. Yep. Over to you. So Dan Bentley, I, I don't actually think I can't can't really remember him having a save to make. I genuinely can't. He came and punched the ball a couple of times. Um, I don't think you could blame him for the goal. I don't think he's, you know, we've we've talked about his distribution at times. I don't think he he, he really did anything wrong. Um, so I'm going to give him a six because yeah, I, I don't think there was anything else to that. Um, Zach Viner and and, and I, I said last week to the guy that, that I was sat with at the game last week that. I wasn't sure if, if Zach Viner would be a right back and I didn't know whether he would be able to, to make that his position. I thought he was excellent today. Um, I thought uh, there were a couple of moments, which you always get with Zach, I feel, where his concentration just goes a little bit. And there was one moment where he, he went to late on, where he went to close it and stopped. And then that then opened it up for him a little bit. But I thought, I thought he did well, Zach. Um, put a couple of decent crosses in. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm not, I'm gonna try and be a little bit more. What do I expect? And and he did what I would expect a right back to do. So I'm gonna give six to Zach as well. Any challenge um, on that, Dale? Are you happy with six? No, no, I think yeah, fair, fair six is on both those two guys. Yeah, definitely. Um, Baker and Atkinson, um, I thought were excellent. Um, I thought they defended really, really well. Um, I thought Baker, you you rightly called that challenge patch, which was superb to be able to shepherd it out like that. Unlucky with the booking. I think Dale said about his passing. I, I actually thought he played it simple, didn't try and do too much with it, played it into Atkinson. Um, so I'm going to go seven for, for Bakes. Um, and I'm going to go, um, bearing in mind it was a debut and it was a step up, um, I'm going to go eight for Atkinson because I thought he was superb. Um, what I liked about him, he didn't, he didn't hoof the ball. 
he, he, whenever he got in, there was moments, as you as you rightly said, in the first half, especially, and then we were lucky it was down our end at the South stand. But there were moments where the ball came and the strikers coming for him, and he just played a little ball into the silver, but then moved to get it back from him, and then played it again. Um, and he did go a couple of times. He, he sent it up the line when he needed to, but I thought it was a, a really, really impressive yeah. debut from a, a young man. So if he sticks with those, if he sticks with that formation in the yeah. next league game, it's quite hard now. We've given him a seven and an eight to, to bring yeah. Callas in. No, I, I I would agree in terms of performance, but again, it still comes back to who are your best players. And for me, Callas is our best defender. And um, now maybe it's horses for courses a little bit. He didn't expect us to be up against it so much, um, you know, against Blackpool. Whereas, what is it, Borough next weekend? Um, that might be a different sell. So, so maybe Callas comes in then. But again, we don't we don't know what goes on behind the scenes to know is there something more to it or. But for me, Callas starts, um, and I would probably, you know, him, him and Baker had a great partnership. So, you know, I, I would go that. But to the same extent, how do you drop Atkinson after that? So difficult. But you're also talking Tuesday night now. Probably Callas has to come in because you don't, you know, we, we're not, we haven't got an abundance of centre house, especially if Taylor Moore does get sold. So yeah, so I've got eight, eight for him. Jada Silva. Um, Got caught a few times again with the, the ball that gets hit on the, the diagonal. He's always going to do yeah. that. But I think Dell quite rightly called out that, that Casey didn't cover a couple of times. So it looked to be more, there was more space than probably should have been. But I thought Jay got forward quite well. My only thing with, with Jay is he gets forward well. But when you're used to, a, as we've all been, a Joe Bryan, a, da, a Darren Barnard, a Mickey Bell, actually how much end product do you get from yeah. Jay? with balls coming in the box. And, and maybe he's not that sort of player. He is more of a, I'll get to the byline, but then I'm looking for someone to, to play it back to and them to do it. So I'm going to go six for Jay. Um, and I, I probably got a performance from Jay that I expect there. So that's he why stayed not he stayed fit for the whole game. He did. And, and that's going to be a good thing. It's going to be a good thing for him, isn't it? But I'd, I'd like to see Jay De Silva being given a, a bit of a license to bomb on and really attack them and, and try and get the ball in and stuff. So, yeah. Um, midfield, um, as I say, I, I was impressed with Matty James. I, I really liked a lot of what he did on the ball. Um, I thought it was, a, it was a, a decent start from him. King, I thought, was a little bit leggy towards the end, but again, understandably. Um, so I'm going to go for, for both of them. Um Probably, yeah, two two sixes. I was debating with James in my mind whether I'd go seven, but I think um, I, I'm not disagreeing with what Dell had said. So I'll, I'll, I'll go two sixes. But out of the two, I would have gone James would have been the one that I probably would have pushed a bit further. Um, Alex Scott, I thought, or Callum obviously started, but I can't really score Callum because obviously he was off quite quickly. And I, I hope that was an, an impact injury so that he's not going to be out for any length. Um, Casey work rate was phenomenal. Um, not going to go again over the top with it. I'll give him a six because you expect that as a minimum work rate, don't you? But it was a different sort of thing from, from Casey. Um, again, and it's something that gets levered at him um, from other podcasts. Does he do enough in terms of the, the, you know, the final ball, the shots? There was a little bit more today. I don't know. It was enough for a seven. So, yeah. Um, I got, it's a difficult, difficult one. I was thinking I should challenge that, mm. but he didn't do enough of the stuff that he usually does. He did yeah. a lot that he doesn't usually do. So like the tackles yeah. and the winning the tackle fairly yeah. is a big 
progress point for me Massively, from last season. Yeah, yeah. I but agree. We didn't yeah. we didn't see too many of the cleverly threaded through balls or or you know that sort of thing. But Dale, your your thoughts because obviously it's Matt's six. I'm on the borderline, so over to you. Can I go six point five? No, no, we had to we had to rule we had them to out. abolish them because we kept losing them. Yeah. Um, I I'd go a seven actually. Okay. I, I thought he, yeah, I, I'm going to go seven. I mean, I know we were the work rate, but I thought he, I thought he kept the ball, and that and that's probably another reason why he should have stayed on the field because when you won there like with last 10, 15 minutes, you want people on the pitch that can keep the ball. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought he was good today. Very, very, you know, he's had that times in games in the way he tries to do too much and he gives balls away, gets us into position, you know, into into bad situations. But I thought today he kept the ball really well, um, you know, and I, I thought he was excellent today. I, 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 you know, and a lot of first and second balls that don't usually win. Yeah. Um, so I, I just, I'd probably go lean towards a seven rather than a six. Yeah. But I thought, yeah. That's, yeah. Enough, that's enough to sway me, Matt. You happy with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I love him. So, yeah. I don't think you gave um, a score for Alex Scott. No, because I, I, I forgot about um, Callum. Um, oh, right. Alex Scott, you've got to bear in mind the kid's 17 um, and his, his work rate was excellent. Um, again, probably because of what I saw last week against Villa, I didn't see enough of the... Um, that five-minute spell the, where he... Yeah, that, that attacking off. that attacking spell, I, I didn't see too many shots from him or... But do you think um, you're, you you're going to get that from him? I know you're going to get it from him, but coming on as a sub, you've got a point to prove, you've yeah, got yeah, an impact yeah. to make. It's a, it's a, It was a super sub performance yeah, against 100%. Villa. When you start a game, you're in a different mindset. You, you ease into the game different mindset and you're in a role where you're told what you need to do. You're told when to press, you're told when to, you know, so, um, yeah. When you come I, on I as a just, sub, he's probably just told, right, go and express yourself. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so for me, it was, um, it was certainly a six, but again, I, I wouldn't argue against a seven because we're talking about a 17 year old playing in a championship game for the first time in, in terms of at home in front of a crowd. So I think you have to, to give him a little bit of something for that. So, you know, let, let's go seven for Alex because he's, you know, he, he's certainly a player for the future, isn't he? Yeah, and I think the other thing with with it, it was difficult for him, especially in the first half, Matt, really as well, because yeah. we, we tended to hit quite a lot of few long balls, didn't we, really? Yeah. We played a lot of long balls straight to Chris yeah. Martin. So he was, he was basically, the game was sort of bypassed him, really, because I watched him off the ball where he was obviously in between the, the midfield and the, the centre-backs. And there were a lot think- of long balls going, going, going past him. So it was difficult, really, for him you know, to ball to be played into his feet from to turn and, and influence the game. Totally. Maybe that's why he probably pushed him a little bit further forward second half, you know. So. Yeah, totally. And I, and I think if you're going to play with Chris Martin as your focal, then play it into his feet and let him hold it up mm. that way or into his chest. Yeah. Don't don't go long because he was winning flick-ons and there was no one then going to be getting yeah. it. So, yeah. Um, and then we've got Andy Vyman. Andy Vyman's going to run, run all day for you. Um, missed a good chance. Um, he works hard, but not, you know, so so it's a six for me. There was nothing nothing out of the ordinary from that point of view. And then Chris Martin, I'll, I'll be fair to Chris Martin. I thought he he, he worked nonstop, um, was again the focal point. So I had to take a lot of the stick, scored the goal. So I'm going to go seven for Chris Martin um, mm. on that basis. But I think you're, you're definitely seeing a fit of Chris Martin. And I think he will... Um, he's going to have a good season for us if he stays fit, but I, I do still feel like that we need a different club in the bag, as, as Lee Johnson used to say. Sorry, was that seven? Seven, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
So I was just reading a message. And Andy Viper Viper was a six, Patrick. Thank you. I'm I'm making a note of them this time. So I'm going to have a fill the page. Put it on a spreadsheet. So we can then... We can average it at the end of the season for a player. So, of the year. so, so um, oh, and Nigel Pearson, your final Nigel Pearson. Um, so, I've got a bit of a beef um, in terms of I don't like my manager being in the stands for the entire game. I, d- I don't mind it for the first half. Um, I don't like to see it in the second half and certainly not late in the game. I don't want, you know, if you've been banned, that's one thing, but I don't want to have to be seeing Curtis Fleming today on the microphone, up, phoning him or whatever. Um, get down at the side of the pitch and, and motivate the players. I, I personally feel he's got such a presence with him that him being on the sideline would also do a bit more for the players. Yep. Um, and that might be, you know, I think he's, act, he's he's openly come out and said from a coaching point of view, he's more man management in. But yeah, I, I, so I hope that that was a bit of a, not a one-off because I know he likes to do it, but I don't want to see that regularly. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Gonna yeah. So score-wise, I'm going to go six. Yeah. Okay. Um, our our sponsor Paul Archer may disagree. He's put as an elite sponsor and more importantly a fan. In my humble opinion, our decision making, Nigel Pearson's decision making, was with the substitutions was wrong. Playing slash settling for a one 0 win against Blackpool needed to pace up front and a second goal. Wells question mark. So uh, I think he's probably saying that's a five for Nigel Pearson. But uh, your thoughts on that, Dell? As as a independent adjudicator. Yeah, no, I, it's quite a strange one, really, isn't it? Because um, I think when Dean Holden had um, Downing and Simpson first came along, Down, Downing was actually the one that went and sat in the stand, which I think is a, you know, a good idea. I think your main man needs to be down on the touchline, you know, galvanising the players, you know, especially the last 15, 20 minutes, keep the players going. Um, so I was quite surprised. So I looked over a couple of times. I thought, he's, he's, you know, he's not there. I could see... Um, is Alex Ball was there and uh, uh, Pat yeah. Mountain and a few others yeah. um, and obviously Fleming and Downing was there as well so it just felt a bit sort of strange really you know the fact that he wasn't there you know because you want your manager there to give the players a bit of a, a G up when they're on the pitch you know when they're going on there and obviously vice versa when they're coming off you know um, so yeah no, and again yeah I mean I, I just I don't get the Welsh thing at all I mean I, like you said earlier I hope there's not, you know, I hope there's nothing going on behind the scenes the fact he doesn't fancy him or or there's some sort of issue because it was just crying out for him. And it's pace as well. I mean, you've got Richard Keown, who's obviously knocking on. The other Blackpool guy didn't look particularly very quick. I mean, they looked very, very, so every time the ball went backwards and across the face of their goal, when it went back to the goalkeeper, they looked very, very unsteady. And I just think Wales, you know, sometimes the, the attack's the best form of defence, and especially last 10 minutes. I mean, quite a few times last night with that Bournemouth West Brom game, when Bournemouth were on the back foot, you know, and you got a 20, 30 yard pass that's gone up the pitch and Solanke stretched the whole of the West Brom back four. And we we didn't have that today. You know, you had, like Matt said, you know, you got Chris Martin trying to run the channels. You know, and I just thought, you know, we missed we missed the Semenya, we missed the Wells today. And you just thought with that pace to get in behind them, you know, we would have got a second goal. So that, a, a big opportunity missed. And like you said, you don't want to be negative. There were a lot of positives today, but I mean, Wells. You know, two really good players on the bench today, Wells and Callas, who would, I think, you know, 95% of the City fans would have them in your starting lineup today. So it, it, it's a bit baffling, but hey ho, there we go. <laughs> hey ho, silver lining. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, let's talk about the Forest Green game. We're hopeful that Matt, that, uh, that Tommy Conway will at least be on the bench, if not start. Why not start him and Wells up top? Go back to the old school. Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I hope he starts, obviously. Um, 
but I, I do think we do need to make a few changes. You'd like Max to come in. You've got, you know, we, we talked about last season patch, didn't we? A, a cup team and a, a league yeah. team. But yeah, Tyreek comes in. Hanno is probably not close enough, but Joe Williams comes in to start. Nice um, doesn't. No, Nash doesn't. No, um, there's there's a few in there that you can bring. You can play Sam Bell can can have a run out now, can't he? Um, so yeah, he's he's got options available because of what it is. It's a game, and that's not yeah. disrespecting Forest Green at all. But um, you know, it, it's it's a game you've got to go out, go to win, and give give a few players a bit of a chance. Yeah, absolutely, and give uh, players. And we'll a be chance. we'll be there. We'll be there. Yeah, and I give players a chance for a rest as well for for Middlesbrough the following weekend. Um, so yeah, obviously, yeah, we put a nice little video um, uh, following the story through of your sponsorship, your sponsorship, your the name on the back of your shirt. So on a p- previous podcast back in May when Tommy Conway was a guest, um, Matt said he would get his name on the back of the shirt and he's followed through now that you know he's going to be around the first team squad. So Matt, well done. That was a, a really nice touch. Thank you. As I said before, he was such a nice, nice young man there. Um, you know, it was yeah a bit a bit of a laugh, wasn't it? But um, I, I meant it when I said it. I want to see him do well, and and yeah, it's hopefully it'd be nice for him to see it. You know, hopefully he does play on on um, on Tuesday, and I'll yeah. make sure that I wear it. You'll have to pull me front top down so that when I take my jacket off, it, <laughs> it doesn't light up and I show everyone yeah. my belly. But yeah, and and I, and like gen, you know, not just because he came on the podcast, but I'm genuinely excited to see what he can do in the first team this yeah, season. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think he offers us a different different type of striker from from what we've seen before. So really excited yeah. um, for the future. Um Dell and Matt, sound of the city Monday night. You're Woo-hoo! the you're, you're the stars yeah. of the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, Gary Gary Harris as well, but there's a, a little story. Jeff messaged me last night. Gary Harris turned up last Monday for it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, give, I'm ribbing him a little bit for he that. Said, yeah. He said um, at the end of the this, the show tonight, he said, you'll be there Monday, won't you, Gary? He said, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was getting at. Brilliant. Well, good luck for that one, chaps. Thank Obviously, you. We'll be Thank listening you, in. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we'll be back. We'll do a Forest Green show on Wednesday. Um, and uh, yeah, go yeah. from there. Brilliant. All right. Thanks a lot. Del, good to see you, mate. Thank, see you Monday. Thank you, Matt. Thanks very much. Yeah, see you Monday, Matt. Thanks, Patch. Thank you. See you Patch. Take care. Cheers, mate. Take, Take care. Thanks. Take Bye. care, everyone. Enjoy your Yeah.